Axis Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be bold. Venture wisely. I'm Dan Permack. On today's show, a bipartisan push to investigate Google's search results and how our political differences affect our views on coronavirus. But first, challenging AOC. One of the biggest stunners of the 2018 off-year election cycle was the success of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who used her social media skills and progressive politics to knock off veteran Democrat and Pelosi pal Joseph Crowley. Since then, AOC has become one of the Democratic Party's highest profile congresspeople, let alone freshmen, and the leading force behind what's known as the Green New Deal. Now, it's almost impossible to imagine AOC losing this November to a Republican, but she did recently get a notable challenger in the Democratic primary, MCC, or Michelle Caruso Cabrera, a longtime anchor with business cable network CNBC. What's perhaps most interesting about Cabrera is that while she shares AOC's working class roots, she has a very, very different economic philosophy. More Reagan than Bernie Sanders, less government, not more. The question, therefore, is if a self-described centrist like MCC can stun everyone by taking out the left's leading light, just like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez took out Joe Crowley two years ago. We'll go deeper in 20 seconds with Michelle Caruso Cabrera. But first, this. Bridge Bank believes in the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors, those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. That's why Bridge Bank has been dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor-backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices. Bridge Bank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. We're joined now by Michelle Caruso Cabrera, candidate for New York's 14th Congressional District. So, Michelle, let's just start with a little bit of background here. Have you always in your mind toyed with the idea of running for public office? And if not, why now? No, actually, it was a new idea to me in the last couple of years. And I did it because I am the daughter and the granddaughter of immigrants. And I've lived the American dream. I believe in it. And so do the people living in the Bronx and Queens. And I saw that they were being robbed. They have a representative that doesn't care about them. She's never here. She's taping TV shows in Hollywood. She's campaigning for candidates in other parts of the country that have nothing to do with her district. The people here are paying her salary of more than $170,000, an income level they're likely never going to see in their entire lives. And they need someone who cares about them. When you say she doesn't care about them, she's obviously has lived in the district for years. Obviously, yeah, true. She spends most of her time in Washington, but that's true of every congressperson. That would be true of you, too, if you won, correct? I would be coming home every weekend. She is instead taping shows in Hollywood. She's out campaigning for people who have nothing to do with the district. I would come home when I go out and meet with people here. They tell me they never see her. And what they find ironic about that is she campaigned that she was always going to be here. She wants to be a national star. She wants to lead a national movement. I don't want to be a national star. I want to be a representative to the people of the Bronx and Queens. She's always talking about a revolution. And you know what that means? That means she spent her weekend in Michigan, for example, campaigning for Bernie rather than spending time with the people who elected her. It's not right. How long have you lived back in the Bronx? Obviously, I know when you were with CNBC, at least you guys were mostly taping in New Jersey or in Manhattan. How long have you actually lived back in the district? I've been a New Yorker for nearly 20 years, and I live in Queens, by the way, Sunnyside, Queens, which is, this is a, a, if you looked at the map, you'd laugh. It's, you know, gerrymandering in the flesh. Part of it is the Bronx. Part of it is Queens. And let me tell you how much I know about the Bronx and Queens. I have been spending an enormous amount of time with the people here, and they tell me they want a representative who cares about jobs. That is the difference 
between she and I. It's crazy, right? You think, oh, every politician campaigns on jobs. She campaigns bragging that she drove jobs away when she drove out Amazon and 25,000 jobs. To be fair, she didn't drive out Amazon. Jeff Bezos drove out Amazon. She wasn't on the board that basically opposed it. She opposed it, but she doesn't deserve responsibility or credit for that, really. But she takes credit for it. She brags about it. She is impressed that that happened, and she's glad about it. And the people here are angry about it. I've talked to business owners, and you know what they want? They want more jobs. The reason they want more jobs is it brings more customers, restaurant owners. One in particular says to me, I thought there was going to be a boom. I was going to hire kitchen staff. I was going to hire waitresses. And instead, nothing, because she's proud of the fact that Amazon left. She sets a tone that says, no, we don't want jobs. And the people here, they want jobs. Maybe she didn't take economics 101. I don't know. Speaking of economics and your kind of general views of government, when you announced that you were getting to this race, gut reaction was, huh, she's running as a Democrat. And that surprised me. Watched you over the years on CNBC as I have. I get the general sense that you are, for the most part, directionally kind of less government, a little bit more libertarian, certainly much more so than a typical Democrat. You had a book, which the foreword was written by Larry Kudlow. You cited Ronald Reagan as your favorite president. Can you talk to me a bit about how you reconcile those things with running in the Democratic primary? There's nothing to reconcile. I'm a centrist. There was a time of great prosperity under Reagan, under Clinton, who brought many jobs, President Barack Obama, who brought many, many jobs back to the country after the financial crisis. I care about jobs. It's bipartisan. She's the one making it a partisan issue. As you say, Clinton and Obama also presided over job growth. Trump has as well. Why cite Reagan as your favorite of all of them? It was a time of tremendous job growth. And I was a young child at the time. And that was a great time for my parents when their economics improved. And children under Bill Clinton would feel the same way. And children under Barack Obama as well would feel the same way. It's important that people's paychecks can pay for the roof over their head, for their children's schooling, for their food, to know that they're safe, to be able to afford to buy a home. Did you know she voted against New Yorkers being able to deduct their state and local income taxes? This is an area full of new homeowners who have come from other countries who have achieved what they believe is the American dream, buying a home, and now it's become much tougher to afford that home because they can no longer deduct their state and local income taxes. That was part of kind of the big tax cut. Would you have voted against the broader tax cut package? She had a chance to vote to let New Yorkers deduct their state and local income taxes. She voted against it. It's wrong. Did you support or oppose the Trump tax cut package, which was for both corporations and individuals, but that was where the SALT exemption disappeared in the first place? Would you have voted against that? Were you in Congress? I wouldn't vote to raise taxes on New Yorkers ever. And that's what happened with that vote. New Yorkers are getting crushed by taxes, and that vote hurt them. When you think about the district and the politics of the district, do you believe you can get the votes of those who supported Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, specifically when you think about a lot of what she talked about, for example, Medicare for all, et cetera? Are you aiming at those voters or do you feel politically for you, those are kind of a lost cause and you're going for the other folks? Medicare for all drives voters to me. But they drove her to her because, I mean, Crowley was more of a centrist, obviously, than she was, and he lost. Medicare for all is about taking health insurance away from people. It's about taking health insurance away from union members. It's about taking it away from roughly 180 million Americans in this country who have health insurance that they get through their work, that they are 
pretty much satisfied with. Barack Obama had a much better approach. Instead of blowing up the whole system, let's focus on the areas that aren't working and work on delivering health insurance to people who don't have it. The Medicaid expansion, for example, which has worked well here in New York City. When people listen to Medicare for All, they get very nervous about it and they bring it up with me. They don't like it. That is an issue that is going to drive voters toward me and away from her. Going back to being a Democrat, and you you referred to yourself as a centrist. Within that centrist, why do you identify more as a Democrat than as a Republican? So obviously, theoretically, a centrist could be either one. That's easy. I have been pro-choice, pro-same-sex marriage, pro-immigrant all my life. Does that sound like the current Republican Party to you? It doesn't, which brings me to my final question, which is, have you or are you endorsing anybody for president at this moment? I am not endorsing anyone for president at this moment. I will say I am going to support the Democratic nominee, and it's going to be Joe Biden. Michelle Caruso Cabrera, thank you very much for joining us and good luck out there on the trail. Thank you. My final two right after this. The Equity Fund Resources Group at Bridge Bank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Offering banking services for funds, partners, and their portfolio companies, Bridge Bank's financial solutions are designed for the entire innovation ecosystem and include creative credit solutions, robust treasury, and cash management capabilities and a suite of international banking products. Bridge Bank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is an effort by two senators, one Democrat and one Republican, to get the U.S. Justice Department to review Google's search business, not just its advertising business. This comes ahead of a Senate hearing today over how digital platforms may favor themselves over rivals. Remember, the DOJ is already investigating Google for its advertising operations, but the senators, Josh Hawley of Missouri and Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, argue that Google's search deserves scrutiny as well and expect them to get some backup during today's hearing from Yelp executive Luther Lowe, who will testify that Google has biased its search results to favor its own products to the detriment of Yelp and consumers. And finally, in the latest example of Polarization Nation, your view on the seriousness of coronavirus is apparently influenced by your political identity, according to a pair of new polls, one from Quinnipiac University and another from SurveyMonkey. So Quinnipiac finds that 68% of Democrats are very or somewhat concerned about coronavirus versus just 35% of Republicans. Moreover, 87% of Republicans approve of how Donald Trump is handling the virus, while 83% of Democrats disapprove. One reason for the split might be how each party views news media trustworthiness. SurveyMonkey finds that nearly two-thirds of Republicans think that we in the press are exaggerating the seriousness of COVID-19 versus just 31% of Democrats. Independents in that poll come in closer to the Democrats, with only 35% feeling that reports are being overstated. It is worth noting, however, that coronavirus itself could care less what your political views are. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national Mario Day. And yeah, that would be Mario as in Luigi's brother. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.